with Ryan Reese. This is live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. All right, Brian. Brian Sumner is in studio. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I just got up from a three-hour nap because I was up very early, so I'm, I'm wide awake now. What'd you do this morning? I woke up at five, drove into Long Beach, and spoke to about couple hundred men on air, the gospel and marriage, and nice. I went home and passed out. So <laughs> Now that may sound, you know, normal. This guy is on a Christian station talking about speaking on marriage, but this is a absolute miracle. This is Brian Snummer, <laughs> which was a professional skateboarder. When I met you yes. back in, that had to be around 2000. 2001-ish. Two, One to four, somewhere in somewhere, there. Somewhere the in circa there. circa days, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. And I remember we were at the Volcom Skate Park yeah. skating. Well, I was skating there with Appleyard, and yep. you pulled up. Yeah. And there was something, some some like crazy stuff happening at yeah. that point yeah. in your life. <laughs> and I was just remember going like, oh, man, he's going through some crazy stuff. Yeah. So the fact that now you're talking about marriage and, and God and all this stuff, Complete miracle, but that's why you're wow. here today. Yes, amen. To talk about miracles yeah. <laughs> and what's been happening in your life. So, dude, where where in the heck were you born anyway? Liverpool, home of the Beatles. Um, yes. Just, I mean, straight there by the docks, uh, Fazakley Hospital, Walton, County Road, rough neighborhood. Um, that was it. Yeah, it's a rough, rough neighborhood out there, huh? It is, and it's it's actually crazy now, but but it was rough in a sense that you just had to respect everyone. Right. You know, like you mess around with someone's girlfriend, you deserve to get punched and you're going to get punched if you're or breaking into someone's girl. Everything, you know, definitely a headbutt. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's such a loving city. Like everyone's involved and it's, it's about the sports, but it's just, it's rough. It's a lot of fists and like you said, headbutts. And yeah, I grew up in that kind of community. So sick, yeah. <laughs> dude. Well, growing up, like, where did you, gr- like, did you grow up religious at all or were, cause no. like, isn't it like Europe, it's kind of like a, eighth, a lot of atheism it is and that sounds crazy to listeners who go oh you know i go over to england every year but yeah. you know you think charles darwin is on our money i mean science is so celebrated the idea of god to me was like you know we're hanging out late night this would have been you and me even in 2000s if yeah. you brought up god i'd have been like well it's kind of like ufos and sasquatch and everything we don't really know god just like he's just there's no christianity that you hear of or even Catholicism is just like a big red building with gargoyles looking things on. And uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm going to put. Have you pull, yeah. pull the mic up a little bit more? To yep, you. better. You Perfect. You can pull it up a little bit more. Yeah, we're going to make sure it's hot so people could hear. All right, you guys, with All an right. accent. So it's it's just more like a it's just more like a myth. I mean, but you just don't think about it. You yeah. think I, you grew up thinking about evolution, like oh, we used to be monkeys. Or you think of growing. Okay, science has disproved the Bible, but I never understood Jesus. I never understood the Bible. It was just somewhere religious people went. That was it. It's crazy. What do you think? Um, like, what do you think the ratio of like uh, Christianity is in, in in England right now? Well, I would say in the whole of all of my schools ever growing up, yeah, I don't know one person that was a Christian. I knew Dang. one girl that was a Jehovah Witness, and my mother would say I was a Christian or a Protestant. My dad would say she would say Catholic, but I never. I just never seen anyone reading the Bible. I never heard someone praying, so I wouldn't even know where to start. So you would be an atheist, basically. Yeah, because I just be like, where's the evidence? So what's okay? I got a question for you as yeah. being an atheist, because yeah. you know this is a this is actually huge. Yeah. Atheism's yeah. growing, thriving, right now. <laughs> thriving, thriving, celebrated. Yes. So being an atheist, like, what do you think will happen after you would die at this point? 
you know, I just hear my, my dad's words. Well, you know, you just go down into the grave and no one really knows and no one's came back. And, and you know, it's weird because England is very they, – they receive this kind of spirituality, you know, the tea leaves and the kind of Ouija boards and this kind of like spiritual thing. They're not, not in a Wiccan way like yeah. you have the East Coast and places. Yeah. They're just very open to like ghosts and spirits and this horror story idea. But you talk about Jesus and it's like – so interesting. It's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty, but even the atheist thing now. I mean, it's thriving, and I get so many people when I travel asking me, "What about this? What about that? This new atheist? Have you seen my chair? My shit?" And I'm like, "People are backing this atheist stuff, big so, time, yep, big time. It's agenda." I just saw. Yes, I just saw. Uh, I just saw this article. Uh, I think is the Barnard Group it said that. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Gen Zs, the new generation, they're like four uh, percent. Christian, crazy, yeah, wow. for, believing in wow. Christian, you know, the Bible believing stuff is four percent. Atheism is just doubled. It's it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. So you're okay. So you're growing up an atheist in yeah. in, in England, <laughs> which is pretty normal, I guess, yep. at that point. Completely normal. And then, uh, how'd you get into skateboarding? You know, um, I've said this thousands of times, but it's funny. You know, <laughs> I watched Police Academy four. I mean, that's as easy as it is. You might not even know the movie. I know the movie, but I'm trying to remember <laughs> the scene. Okay, David Spade, Cam. Okay. Hey guys, no skateboarding. This isn't skateboarding, officer. This, this is, is skateboarding. skateboarding. <laughs> and, it, and it was like Nikes and grinding kibs and jumping trash cans. And I just thought, these are all stunts. Like, this is Hollywood. I didn't think that was really what you do. That's interesting. And now you fast forward, you know, a few weeks or months. I'm in New Jersey for the first time. And both my sisters, older than me, left to nanny, you know, in New Jersey. And so I'm on vacation. And one of their friends come rolling down the street. Ollie's up a cab. And I'm like... And he had, like, a gotcha shirt on, you know, and Stussy yep. pants and, like, full-on, like, out of Wayne's World. And I was like, <laughs> well, and, I, and it's my 13th birthday. I go in the skate shop, and I buy a, I buy a Powell Pat Brennan, and the guy with, like, his finger, like, you could spin it around, venture trucks, bullet wheels, and, and that was it. I was 13. Wait, wait, what year was this? Must have been, like, 92, 93, I think. Okay, yeah. So it was just straight. I'm in America. I bought a skateboard back to England. And, and here's the thing, <laughs> you get in so many fights in England that I was going into a high school where all the kids who kind of got in a lot of fights would end up fighting the first few weeks of school. And I was like, I'm so done with how my life's going. You know, people are getting caught up in crazy drugs. This is going. I was trying to get into this Bruce Lee stuff and martial arts. Oh, yeah. I found skating and I was like, I'm just going to focus on this. But now it's like the big baggy clothes and the craziness and the weird shoes like Vans and Airwalk. So it was totally like take me out of there. And that's all I did for two years. <laughs> Skate with five or six guys. And that was Dude, it. That's Fell sick. in love, you know, changed my life. And that was, yeah, it, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. Watching my friends then get into taking acid and everything was about going to raves and sleeping with everyone. I mean, at, you know, 14, that's 15. That was huge, huge in England at that yeah, time. Yeah, all that really. It still is. You were, yeah, all the <laughs> rave music and uh -huh. ecstasy and that. Uh -huh. All my friends, some of them are dead now. If I had not skating, I'd have been like. So true. Or in prison or something. So it's yeah. so. When did you start taking it serious and trying to get sponsored? You know, Jeff there's Ro obviously a lot of guys that skate that don't get. But but think about this. You know, to my to, to this day, to me, Jeff Rowley is still one of my top five favorite skaters. He is the hometown hero from Liverpool. So you grow up, and Jeff's a few years ahead of you. Yeah. You go around the city center, which I don't know if you ever went there. It's amazing to skate. Handrails, gap stairs. Jeff did this here. Barry Wong did this here. John Newby did that. And I'm this little kid starting to do all these tricks. At the time, switch dance was coming in. So everyone else is doing bonuses and weird tricks. And I'm starting to do switch kickflips and switch grinds on rails. Mm -hmm. Winning contests, two years in. Um, Jeff's trying to get me hooked up with Flip. And they want some guys back in England because he's now in America. 
I come over on vacation and stay with him, hanging out with Jeremy Klein, Andrew Reynolds, Willie Santos, and they're like, we want you on Birdhouse. And so when I go back to England, um, Jeremy's like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to work with Flip because he wanted more like the kind of Tom Penny feel and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I just got hooked up on Birdhouse, went back when I was 15 or 16, and I've pretty much been here ever since. You know, For the listeners, that's the company that actually Tony Hawk owns. Yes. Um, Birdhouse Skateboards. Yep. So here you are rolling with the Hawk and the whole team and, <laughs> and, doing, and doing your thing. Yeah, and it was – you know, it was the American dream. I mean, you know, you know, skateboard time. You wake up at 10, 11, you go in the jacuzzi, swim, you go eat like Taco Bell or something. Yes. You go skate all day. Yep. Then you have like a barbecue in the night, go in the jacuzzi, go to sleep and repeat. And yep. that's your life. So, and you, you know, I remember getting, wow, I'm making a four or 500 bucks a month. And then it's like, okay, now you're on Volcom and audio and independent. Now yep. you're making five or six grand a month. And now you have a pro shoe. And I mean, dude, some of those years you made a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. When my audio shoe for came being out, how old? Nineteen. Nineteen. 19. Yes. And, and I was smart. I mean, you know, I was falling, like, starting to fall in love with my girlfriend at the time, and things starting to change. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my? And you know, I was a safe guy. I didn't get into too much chaos. I wasn't a citizen. I didn't have the privilege everyone else did. So I wasn't like really partying or yeah. being crazy. I was just trying to like, oh man, is this going to keep lasting? Am I going to? become a professional is just going to really become who i am like the guys i've looked up to yeah so it was it was crazy you know crazy so. times <laughs> yeah so, so what um so i you know obviously you're you're blown up and you're yeah you're doing your thing in the whole skate culture and you're i mean you're you're a young kid you're yeah. living your dream you're making money i mean that's pretty much if i, if I was making 120 or 100 yeah. if i was making <laughs> yeah 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 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least 130 every year for yeah. like just starting, you know, so, yeah. So what what was during this time, like, what were what were some things happening in your life that kind of started shifting your, your you know, your, you know, your mind state? Well, I, I'm definitely like you, you know, we're like all in. So I'm like committed to skating. This is what I do. Yeah. And I'd had other girlfriends, but I'd never been that committed because it would have took me away from skating. Mm-hmm. And then through Jeff, he had a girlfriend, again, Roly. He had his girlfriend, Chrissy. She had a friend, Tracy. I start going to Mother's and eating at the market there, and she's there. You know, I'm just like a candy-aholic eating all this meat. <laughs> but now I'm buying all this vegan food because I'm kind of flirting with this girl. <laughs> we start hanging out, and within four months of hanging out, every single day, telling her not even to go to work, I'm about to go back to England. And I'm like, I, I, and it wasn't like we stayed so I could be a citizen. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine not being around this person. And she likewise. So we drove out to Vegas after four months of being together. Didn't tell her Mexican-Italian family for obvious reasons that have probably been right. be- beaten. And uh, we got married and we probably got pregnant right then because we were like, we were just all in. We were like, we love each other. I mean, I couldn't even drive yet. Wait, how, how, wait, how old were you at this? I was 19. Okay, so this is all during that same time? All at the same time. So, you know, my first board with the Kung Fu Wolf, Sean yep. Cliver Art, and Birdhouse, Tour in the World, you know, The End came out, one of the Baker videos, yes, the audio the video. End. And that was, you know, I'm an amateur in a million-dollar video, and I'm like, uh, but it goes, and, you know, skate yeah. videos then lasted for a year, two, or right. three. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees everything. Yeah. Um, and I was just honestly in love. Like, we loved each other. We wanted it to work. We came back and we told everyone that we were pregnant and they were super bummed. Like, oh, well, you should have got married. And we were like, well, <laughs> we actually did. And they were like, okay, that's kind of lame but good. Yeah. <laughs> so it was funny. So <laughs> so that's – yeah. And then, then I'm married and, you know, skating still going off. And then obviously life kicks in. You know, I was – 
as the Bible says, gaining the whole world but losing my soul. I'd never really heard the gospel. I was raised next to a big Catholic church, but never. No, heard no one Jesus. ever witnessed you like during this whole time. You know, I would say there was a kid, Sean, who used to skate the Huntington Park, and I remember him pulling up with all these harvest stickers on his car. And um, I forget. Yeah, dude, this dude loves farming, man. What's up with this dude? I, I, yeah, I, well, you know, he showed, yeah, and it's a harvest. And I was like, what is it? And he sat down, he opened the Bible, and man, he had this like sincere faith he was sharing. And a couple of guys at the time, I remember like Ray Barbie saying like, man, I maybe you should open the Bible and read. Or later Lance saying, you know, the Lord was telling him to speak to me. And a couple of crazy Lance conversations. Mountain? Yeah, just saying, man, the Lord was really dealing with me to say, go and sit with Brian. So yeah, God was definitely working on, even Daniel Harold Sturt. Mm-hmm. I went somewhere with him and Jeff one day and Sturt stopped and was like, you know, you really want to get into the Bible as you're getting married. Like, I'm, and I remember Jeff being like, whoa. Because Sturt's like, you know, I've known Sturt for years. He's I, I a believer. Know, I didn't know that. He is a believer. And okay. he said, you know, he said it right, direct. You really need to open the Bible and figure out what marriage is because it's a big deal. And I was like... And I'm a truth guy, you know, so yeah. I, growing up like with Bruce Lee and this Eastern philosophical point of view, maybe I'll do this. But of course I didn't. I was just like, I'm married and I'm touring the world and I love this woman and now our son's there and then reality kicks in, you know. We begin to, you put two sinners together, it's not going to be good, yeah. let alone one. You begin to fight, there's issues, there's craziness. And now I'm a year or two in and like maybe you're not the right person for me. Maybe we're fighting too much. Maybe there should have been so- – we, we had this yeah, false what, uh, idea of what marriage is, which we all have. You know, If you're mm-hmm. not raised in the church or even if you are, the white picket fence, life should be like this. Money should be like this. Sex should be like this every day. No, no, no. That's not the reality. Yeah. So for whatever reason, we begin to fight and it's crazy to say, but now we're divorced. You know, We said it so many times and I eventually remember saying – this just isn't where this isn't going to happen. Like I want to be with her every day. We're fighting like crazy. And I thought going and getting papers would help us wake up and be like, what are we doing? So now we're divorced. Now I'm angry. I get in like eight fist fights in like one month. I get in trouble with the police. I'm on probation. You're, are you you're a citizen? At this I'm not. Oh, you're still I'm not. not. And I didn't married? start them all, but like then people would say stuff and I'm just like, dude, I was suicidal. Yeah, because you, you had anger and I'm angry. Stuff. I'm suicidal. I'd be like, why are you saying this? You were suicidal. That's right. I was right. fully suicidal. I, I, and I don't talk yeah. about it enough because it's like I, I, I wrestle with it so much. If I lived in Texas yeah. and I had guns sitting around, I'd probably be dead today. Dang. But as an English person, it was such a big deal that I was like – but I was, dude, I'm in America by myself. My wife really has the son at her parents. You know, we hadn't even got a house yet. And I'm just like living in an apartment with a bunch of the birdhouse Sams. Everyone's partying. We're going up to L.A. Everything's crazy. And I'm like, what am I doing? I didn't want to live. And that's when I began to say, I'm going to prove there's no God. If I can prove there's, and here's a great point. If I can prove there's no God, then we're just roadkill. Who cares who the president is? Who cares who has an affair? Who cares if you're listening to this show? If there's no God, nothing really matters. matters. There's no purpose. And you know this. I mean, yeah. Ravi Zacharias and Apologetics Ministries, you know, but it's like either he is real and there's a reason or he's not. Just emotions. Who cares? And that's where I was and where I began to challenge all the different faiths. Buddhism, Hinduism, Rastafari, I mean, Mormons, everything. And Finally, I opened up the Bible to Genesis. And, dude, think about this. Genesis. Genesis, the first page. Genesis 126. Ryan, if you were suicidal, yeah. and I opened it up and said, Genesis 126 and 27, God supposedly speaking, let us make man in our image. And I went, okay, God, I've got you. If wow. I'm made in your image, why does life suck? If I'm made in your image, is this what you made me for? And as I began to read, what's the story? Well, no, Brian. I put Adam and Eve in the garden. And I said, I'm not going to kill you. 
But in the day you go eat of that tree, you're going to die. And in that day, Brian, they died spiritually, physically. And so this is funny, but I mean, I was, I was a vegan back then. Yeah. So I'm 20, I mean, you know, I was 20 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the Old Testament to disprove it. And God is saying crazy stuff. Ryan, you guys have been so bad. So every year, take the lamb and rip it to pieces. I'm like, as a vegan, I'm like, this is brutal. Yeah. And then take the goat and go leave it outside the city as a scapegoat. I'm like, this is making sense. Then I get to the New Testament. Oh, Jesus was the lamb who was slain. Oh, Jesus died outside the city as the goat. So then God was dealing with me. I was still fighting with my ex-wife. I'd bought a home and I knew about God. And maybe like many people listening today. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know him. I didn't know Jesus yet. I just heard all about him. I was getting off probation. I was still making great money. I'd probably seen you around that time, you know, yeah. when I was fighting with hair. And you're like, dang, Brian's going through some crazy stuff. So we crossed, we that crossed was that. Yeah. Uh, if you just tuned in, uh, we have Brian Sumner in studio. And you're listening live with Ryan Reese. And, uh, man, this is just a journey. I, you know, if you're looking for God, maybe you're questioning God, um, Maybe you got wrapped up in, in you know, atheism at a young age or maybe you just have questions to, to marriage. I mean, this show is is going to encompass all these different issues as we continue moving forward with this. So, yeah. So anyway, so now here you are. And here's to answer your, your even atheist post, right? Yeah. So let's say I meet you, you know, 25 years ago. Ryan's a Christian. Okay, that's what he believes. This person's a Rasta. That's what they believe. This person's a Buddhist. That's what they believe. Right. The difference with Christianity is that you can actually know. I just thought all you crazy Christians, I know you went maybe a believer at the time, you yeah. know, being raised in it, but distant when we, when we cross paths. But God promises that when you repent and turn to him, something supernatural happened. And when I got to the New Testament and realized, okay, I mean, I was reading the Greek and the Hebrew before I was a believer. In the Old Testament, no one had the spirit of God unless he put his presence upon them for their anointing and their call. Mm -hmm. But in the new, his promise, I mean, we actually have a cross and the blood, not because we have a cross and the blood, but so God's presence can be restored back to his children. So when you confess him as Lord, seeing your sin and turn to him, he has a responsibility to put the Holy Spirit inside of you and you're never the same. That's what happened to me. So I was reading this book going, I'm not going to follow a man. I don't care about Ryan's faith. Who's this Chuck Smith guy or who's all these preachers? And then I got to a place where I'd fought with her so much. Uh, Christian Asoy got out of prison. So we'd encountered a bunch. You know, he was just fired up for his faith. That encouraged me. I obviously went over to the sanctuary and Jay was preaching on Galatians 5, Matthew 7, mm-hmm. which answered a load of questions. And I went home that night, sat on my floor and I was fighting with Tracy. And I just said, you know what? I'm done. And I said, I remember saying Yahweh, like tetragrammaton of his name, as if God didn't know I was talking to him. I'm like, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm done. I've been coming to you to fix my life, fix my marriage, fix my skating, but you've been coming to me to deal with my sin. You see, there's a sin issue. My lie, my lust, all the things we can talk about. And that was the first time God was opening my eyes to my condition. And in the house that I live in today, I got down on my knees in my office at the time, which is where my children now sleep. And I said, God, I need to be forgiven. And he had convicted me. And just like Nicodemus coming to Jesus, telling him he knew he was, Jesus says, you cannot see the kingdom unless you were born again. I was born in sin. And at that time, I was about to be born again. God convicted me, led me. I repented and turned. And in an instant, it was like, 
crying and weeping and laughing at 12 in the night. I can't believe this is real. I can't believe this. And I was God rolling revealed a, himself to you. In a, power, in a most tangible way yeah. that is completely subjective to everyone, but biblically is exactly what God says. And here's the perspective. An atheist says there's no God. And I say, if I take my wallet and say there's $30 in there, put it on the table, you can believe all day that it's not in there, but you actually have to open it to see it. The same way you can never believe God is real until you open it, and that's called hearing the gospel. And as you're going to respond, you hear it. You go preaching in these schools. They hear God's love. They hear God's word, and God moves on their heart. They confess and they believe, and you are never the same. When Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Messiah. Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. God did that to me. And probably if I would have seen you five weeks later, you'd have said, Brian's really gone crazy because you weren't a believer yet, I believe. <laughs> yeah. He got a hold of me. He got a hold of my wife in three weeks. We were remarried in six months. That's amazing. My son's 18 this year. My daughter is going to be 11 this year. And my son is going to be eight this year. So my two children wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Jesus. So God saved me, restored my marriage. They're at home today building this cage for the bunny they just bought. And I'm hanging out with you goofing off, proclaiming the gospel on the on the airwaves. Thank you, Jesus. And that is so amazing because there's so many people that are going through marriage. Hell right now. Hell yeah. Willing to give up. Yes. I can't tell you how many stories I hear of marriages on the rocks that are about to be broken. Yep. Because Satan wants to do that. He wants. He's come to st- still kill and destroy. We know that verse. But we know that God's come to give life, and you are mm-hmm. a testimony. Well, Satan so didn't it. even show up until they were married. So I don't know how that works out, but he didn't show up until Eve showed up. He's like, okay, I'm going to come mess with God's creation and God's plan. It's from the very beginning, the very trying to beginning. break up marriage. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and also, God restores even people that actually have been divorced. Because maybe they're, yeah. people are listening right now, like, I'm a, I got divorced and it's over. Well, guess what? God will fully I got restore. married one time mm-hmm. when I was young, yeah. when yeah. I was in my 20s. <laughs> and guess what? I got remarried. My yeah. wife was uh got got married to the wrong guy she got divorced and now we got remarried so and i I mean we were fully divorced we'll go preach on it and couples will come up and say we have the same story we never told our kids and people ask you know what's good marriage advice and i just say would you marry yourself if you think (laughs) you know and then we laugh but i'm like if you think you would what are you doing do you understand the text because i mean it's crazy you know but (laughs) but it's true because i'm like "I, i don't just, just think about your thoughts on the drive over here, yeah, exactly. okay? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to marry myself. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, my wife tells me I'm crazy. I'm like, well, you married me twice, so you're the crazy one. So, But it is true. Um, even within the church, we have this idea where, you know, I've sat with many a couple who say, we love God, our dad's a pastor, grandpa's a pastor, and our children love God. And, you know, we know all the verses, but we just think God missed it like he didn't. You yeah. can't find in text where he's calling you to separate God brings together, let no man separate. And even when they challenge Jesus, what does he say? They say, Moses allowed this. And he said, yeah, because your hearts were hard. God didn't want this. But there's Ryan fighting with his wife, fighting with his wife in the Old Testament. Me and Tracy, and we're like, you know what? This isn't working out, guys. We're done with you. That's not how it was in the beginning. In the beginning, God's intention was she came out from Adam. She was always there. And And you know this. Everything that God made in the garden was good. But there was only one thing that wasn't good. And this is before the fall. It was not good that man was alone, but he wasn't alone. He was with God and the animals. He didn't need anyone, but God made Ryan know and he need his bride. He needs her to be back where she belongs under his arm. And when you get this as a man, like you can pray for me all day, but for my wife to pray for me, it's better than everyone in the world to pray for me. She's my helper. She's the one who comes alongside. She's the rib. I mean, think about that vision. 
Now your marriage is about God and the kingdom and love. It isn't about if she does everything I think and we live the right life culture selling us. No, get back to the gospel, what it's for. Love that woman, die to self. And, you know, we, we the book's called Never Fails. We were gonna oh, call, yeah, you got a book. We were going to call it Death by Marriage mm-hmm. and people laugh at that. But when you think about Christianity, what is it? Like, Ryan, I've seen, you know, the past decade, you've grown in your faith. I've grown in my faith. But that's because you've actually died to self. That's yep. what marriage is. He's dealing with Ryan as a single man. Now you're married to this woman. Now he's going to help kill you all the more to be more like him in his image, Romans 8, 28, 29. That's marriage. What a yeah. blessing to love this woman or, you know, so. It's all about, it's that, it's that whole relationship with God is that deny self. Yep. You have to keep making sure that you do not let that flesh get back. Yep. It, it will destroy your marriage and everything mm-hmm. that, that, yep. that you got going on. Every, and it never goes away. You know, it's, we had a conversation today. I was sharing out of Paul when Paul says, wretched man that I am. If you study these commentaries, right, back in the day, if you and I were criminals, you know what they would do? They would take a dead person and they would tie them to your body. So you're walking around with eyeballs and goo and probably feces on you. And Paul says, that's what it's like for us as Christians. The dead Brian's on me and all the things he ever did that were sinful, he could still fully enjoy. But I've got to trust in the Lord and the spirit. That's it. That's so. it. 100%. This is good stuff, man. I'm, I'm actually getting texts right now. People from Oklahoma and out in... Uh, What's up, Oklahomies? They're, they're like saying, awesome testimony and show. Good. They're loving it. I'm loving it, too. We'll have to do a whole marriage session later we're, on. We're going to have to do that and bring your wife in. <laughs> that, that'll take some prayer. Really? She, she doesn't like... Yeah. yeah. All good. Okay, so I think we have we have a couple minutes left. Yes. Um. Let's let's talk about this book really yeah. quick before we, we go to the break. Uh, where can they uh, tell them, tell them, tell them a little bit about this book and where they can get this? We you know wrote the book on how not to be married, obviously, just by not having Jesus, and yeah. so this thing came out of. We wanted to take God's book and fine tune what we walked in that we didn't understand and present it to people. And it's thirty days. Not you don't have to do it that way, but it's one hundred and fifty or so pages, and it breaks down. The theology of the Bible for marriage and what you're probably going to fight about opens up a lot of the things we've struggled with, you know, anger, issues of jealousy, how you handle money, prayer, but it all goes back to God's word. It isn't just like a method. It's so you can read it. And when you're done, you know, this verse tells me so and so and so you're done. So you can get it on Amazon. Um, I think it's in some bookstores, but I self-published it. So as many as I sell, I can give as many away. Or you can go to brianshumner.net and get it. And, uh, Spell your name. So they, they, S-U-M-N-E-R. So if you need to remember, think yep. of Sting, you know, Gordon Sumner. Brian, B-R-I-A-N-S-U-M-N-E-R. But Amazon has it on there. And it's called Never Fails, yep. based on love never failing. And uh, it's got great reviews, a lot of friends. It says, have, day six, the F word. Yeah, the F word. It's actually in there. Forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually worse than the actual F word, you know. But, you know, we just did a thing at our church. We yeah. had a couple, you know, a couple hundred people. And, man, our church is, is a great church. People, what church do you go to? We go to Branches. So Where's that? It's in Huntington off of um, Golden West in the Senior Center. Cool. We, you know, we were at Rock Harbor, and then we launched out of Rock Harbor oh, yeah, about a right. year ago. Cool. But we did a thing with, like, a couple hundred people. And even people that are so grounded in the Word and get great teaching every week mm-hmm. and serve, they just need to hear so much more and so much more in their marriages. Mm-hmm. So... I felt like we had Everyone to do it. Everyone needs this book. Oh, every, oh, the best compliment I ever had was in the middle of something that my wife said, babe, you know, you should really read that chapter right now. <laughs> oh, she's quoting out chapters. You need to go so read this. So she's telling me, you wrote this chapter well, but you're not really listening to it right now. So I was like, all right, babe. 
So. Well, we have about a minute left, yes. so uh, we have Brian Sumner in studio. We're going to continue this story because you just found Jesus, so just found Jesus. now it's going to get real good. Yeah, Because <laughs> now we're going to be talking about that new rebirth life, that new Amen. spirit life that you're living. Mm. You decide to kill the old man, that old fleshly desires, and then see what God's going to do. And I know God's doing amazing things because I know you personally. Mm. But um, a few things, if you want to pe- uh, get any of the past shows, you can go to my website, ryan-reese.com. All the past archives from two years ago are there. Different interviews. Um, we, we narrow in on different uh, subjects from like depression, suicide, pornography. I mean, you name it. It's up there. And if your kids are going through some stuff, you could point them to that website too. Maybe they need to just kind of hear it from someone else. And uh, we are touring the high schools. Amen. If you are in any country around the world, doesn't matter where you're at, if you would like us to come to you, please contact us at thewhosoevers.com. We are booking dates in Australia right now, and we're going across the whole United States next year. We're going to continue reaching these students. Why? Because atheism Amen. has doubled, and they need to hear about Jesus Christ, Amen. the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. They need. We need to reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Our mission on this earth is the Great Commission. This Amen. is why we're here. We are here. We, we want to give kids hope and let them know that they are created for a purpose, not like the mindset of an atheist, like when mm. we die, we just disappear. Mm. That's all false. We are here for a reason. And not only that, as when you give your life to Jesus Christ, mm. he comes in and he does that supernatural work in the natural realm. Mm. He starts transforming you, showing you purpose, and get rid of the stuff that will destroy you out of your life. And that is where you want to be in your life. Mm. This life is too short to be messing around and going down the wrong path. It's time that we start living that life that we were created for. Amen. It's the best decision of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would, I think about how many years <laughs> I wasted. Shoot, like 20, I think it was like 21 years I wasted just. Doing everything culture told you to do. Yeah, it just was satisfy you. Yep. Well, we're going to talk more about that right when we get back from the break. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Is everything all right? Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... whoop de doo Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say we didn't warn you. We are back with Brian Sumner in studio, and the first half of the show was sick. If you missed it, please go to my website, ryan-reese.com, and pick it up after the uh, the show. But we were just talking about how he moved from uh, – he grew up in Liverpool, came to America, um, became a pro skateboarder, uh, got signed with uh, Birdhouse, uh, the company that Tony Hawk uh, owns and started, and uh, just started making tons of money, 19 years old, met the girl of his dreams – Got married, had a kid, and then shortly after that, just ran into problems. Because when you're not walking with God and you're an atheist, you run into problems and the, this, the marriage just starts getting destroyed. So they, you know, they divorced, but then he had an encounter with the God of the universe. God forgave him, set him free, okay. and started transforming his life. And this is where we're at now. Oh, and he got back with his wife. Yes. He got married shortly after that. Two more children, and we're. What, 18 years together coming up in December? Only God can do that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because if it's yourself, like for me, I'll just ruin everything. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the idea is if I love her the way I want to love, it's not going to be good. Yes. And the cool thing about what you're doing with the schools, I'll go speak in these schools in FCA or universities. Yeah. 
and I'll tell these kids this whole story. And then when I tell them what God did and how he saved us and that he gave us two more children, I'll have my kids walk out and the whole place just is like, that's that kid, that's Dakota, or that's Eden and Jude. And you say, I have to disbelieve this guy and he's crazy, or God really showed up and saved him, restored his marriage, gave him these two kids. And it's like, and so it's proof. <laughs> it's proof. It's proof you know? that, that yep. God is real. Yes. It is so true. And he has this book. It's called uh, Never Fails. It's 30 Days on Marriage. And you could get it on Amazon. It's a book that he just plug it one more time because we just came back from the break. It's just, you know, 30 days with a focus on every kind of topic, what we did wrong, what God's word is and how it is right. Um, and it really, it's for the guy who right now is like, I'm done. I'm over this. And it's the first 10 chapters are like, no, you're a sheep. Are you hearing his voice? Not just, am I a Christian, but are you following him? Because if you are, God is there to pastor your marriage. It is for singles, you know, courting and engage as well. But it goes very deep into our struggles and personalities people might have. And it just goes back to the practical things you'll fight about and what biblical love is, how you need to forgive. And I mean, I wrote it to my children to say, man, in your marriages one day, guys, please, you need God's word heavy, not just advice, not just a bunch of methods. You need to stand on his word and walk with him. So and that's what everything here in the book, it always points back to God's word. Yes. Because that's the only thing lasting. It's not about opinion. It's about what God says. Those things can help. But at the end of the yes. day, his word has to be what sparks the light in my heart. And I say, yes, Lord. 100%. So, so get on Amazon and scoop that up ASAP. <laughs> I got my copy, so I don't have to do the Amazon thing. <laughs> Never fails. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So look, you found God. You're remarried. Yes. So you're a pro skateboarder. Yeah. You're in, you know, you're in the skate industry. I mean, life's still crazy. So, yeah. dude, what, what, what was even the process? Well, this is a, a cool question because people always ask me, you know, why did you take the path you took? You know, I'm riding for Birdhouse, for Analog. I mean, I was making at least 15 to 20. You're on Volcom too, right? Vol- I, I'd gone from Volcom to Analog, okay, you know, and right. so with Heath and all those guys, mm-hmm. got Malto on and stuff like that. But now suddenly, like, I'm a Christian. And part of my prayer that night, like, as the Lord was dealing with him, is God... I'm laying down my life, take my skating, you know, I'll get baptized, I'll get remarried, I'll go around the world, I'll do whatever. And so that's what I felt like was the call. So right away, it's like, you know, the Luis Palau ministries or the Franklin Graham ministries or different people that have been out there, Stephen Baldwin and guys like that, Brian Welch, they were doing these big outreaches. Now, wait, during this time, when did, when did the I Am Second, because you did an I Am a Second. A few years after that, yeah. And you did a video with Billy Graham too. Yeah, a, a low, I mean, it, so, so I came to faith and it was almost like... I want to say it was the King of Kings ministries, the the Billy Graham stuff, the Stephen Baldwin going, hey, come out to all these things. So, you know, it kind of moved fast. Oh, this pro skater came to faith. Right. God restored his marriage. I mean, it was TBN, 700 Club. All these television shows did all this stuff really quick to get the story out. Right. So there's me going, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right. And a lot of people would be like, well, you should be so focused on the skate industry to reach all these people. But you got to think, dude, I was divorced. Our marriage was a wreck. Yeah. I had to work on what I was doing. So I was at the sanctuary church at the time. I began serving as a deacon. I did different Bible schools. And I had to stay home and be focused on my marriage and rebuild it. And in my heart, it was like, I don't want to go to Australia for three weeks to film three tricks while I want to be sitting here in my Bible, loving my wife, focusing on my marriage. And I just felt that's the way God was leading me. And that was my call. So right away, it was like you're invited to share places and give your testimony. I never wanted to be in front of a microphone or on a platform and people like, well, if God's going to open these doors, won't you go? And so that's been the last like 14 years yeah. until asking him like, is this what you want me to do? And I was preaching this morning. I'll be preaching in a few days. I'm 
up here today. So God just got a hold of us and uh, restored the marriage. And since then, I've been, you know, whatever's in my hands, Lord, use. And it's involved a lot of skate videos, a lot of online stuff. I mean, traveling the world, speaking at schools, churches, men's groups, marriage things. We've got to get you over to Shine. Did you, you, yeah. you never even spoke no, there. No, no. I was going to go a few weeks ago and I had something come up, but... On, and that's I'm as crazy as you are where it's like oh hey can you go to this tomorrow yes I can hey yeah. can you come here you know here am I oh lord send me Isaiah like yeah. let's do it so right, we'll do it we had crazy yeah. Hasoyo there yeah. that was yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so it's it's good it's um it's just, you know, the dying of self, following him, and, and it is the American Christianity. Some mm. people say we have to be back to the book of Acts, but the difference is guys go to work nine to five, you know, five or six days a week. They show up to church on a Sunday. That's when you can reach people. Or you're out in the skate parks or the colleges throughout right. the week. We are also ministering to Americans as much as we go all over the world. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's... So so you're you're rebuilding your marriage. Yes. You're, you're I mean – Doors start flying open. A lot of lot of uh, media stuff. Yep, you're touring, doing outreach stuff, and just in the whole skateboard community. But when when because I you started teaching and stuff. So how yeah. did that even? Like I guess my question is because yeah, yeah. this is the question. How for do you go from there? To a there. lot of people. Yeah. So people that find God now, they're trying to get restored. They're going to church. They're yep. just they're coming off drugs, alcohol, broken marriage, whatever their issues are, and they this is always the question that people ask me. How do you know your call or mm-hmm. how do you, Ryan, how do you find your call? So my question to you, Brian, is like for people that are listening, like how do people know yeah. what's next, yeah. how, what they're calling life is their purpose? Well, the Bible says the gift and call of God is that repentance. So God has gifted you and called you. And even as you're finishing up the last segment, segment one of my life verses, you know, obviously the whole Bible is, but Ephesians 2.10, I'm his workmanship. So the same way this microphone is used to be spoken into or this monitor or a skateboard to be skated, there's something I am set apart to do. There's something every person listening is set apart to do. And so for me, the fact that God saved me then and gave me this platform to speak, I just began doing what was in front of me. I just did what was literally in my hand. And so that began to form. So people would say, hey, we want you to come to your testimony. You're like, Yes. yes. And I would be dry mouthed. I mean, I still <laughs> drank 15 cups of water when I'm preaching a day and I've yeah. probably shared my story how many times, true. but I'm still, and I want to have that kind of humility going into a pulpit because if not, I'm missing it yeah. or I'm just preaching motivational stuff. Yeah. So to answer the question for people's call, even in the book of Acts, you see, it says there's a time when they set them apart and laid hands on them. And I believe most people know in their heart what their giftings are, what their talents are, what they're likely to do, and what God's calling them to. And I believe there's a time when using the word anointing can be dangerous because it means so many things to so many people. But the idea is, you know, have you ever tried to walk on water? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so have I. We're crazy. You know why we can't do it? Because yeah. we're not anointed to do that. Yes. If you and I could do it, it'd be on YouTube. We'd have millions of views, and we'd be totally goofy taking advantage of Jesus' love. Yes. Jesus is anointed to do that. So Brian is anointed to do what Brian's anointed to do. You are anointed and you cannot fail if you're trusting in the Lord. It's his responsibility to lead that. The Holy Spirit's in us. That's the workmanship. That's the call. So the people, I would say, get alone with the Lord. Seek his face. Fast if you need to. Write down practical things. What are you good at? Are you good at playing music? You're probably going to be the worship leader until the worship leader's there. Do you feel the call to share? You might be more of an evangelist like you and I, even though every Christian is meant to live outwardly confessing Jesus. And I get the kids who say, man, I would do... 
Go, yeah, yeah. Go I want, I want, I want to add to the evangelist. Yeah, yeah. Thing. But I got people saying I would do what you're doing if I was a pro skater. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't need to be me. You need to go down to the skate park where you are and hand out. Look, look. Some of the greatest skate ministries around the world. The people you've, you know, you've probably yeah. heard of them. But I know all these kids now. There's so much skate ministry around the yes. world, and they go down to the skate park and they might have said to me, "What should I do? Get a bunch of people, get a bunch of waters, go down there, bring some pizza, hang out with them, talk to them, and just begin to engage them." That's it. Yeah. And that's that's meeting them where they are. There's a powerful verse in the book of Acts, and it says of Paul, he went into the synagogues to preach, but also into the marketplace to whoever happened to be there. So I'm here at the radio show, but when I go outside, whoever is in front of my car, they're there. I'm going to try and engage however I can. Today's the day of salvation. This is all the evangelism we get to do. Until we arrive in heaven, there'll be no more. So I would just tell people, be where you are, serve where you are, use what you have naturally, and pray for the Holy Spirit's manifest presence in the other sense as well. So, What you're saying about evangelism, because um, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I feel like I want to share or whatever. But they think that they have to get booked for this big gig and that to be on stage or something. They don't. And I, yeah. I, I didn't start like that. Mm-hmm. I started with me because I never I was always been scared <laughs> of the stage and the whole thing. But I, I started <laughs> as God started working in my, my heart and my life. I started, I remember I was selling my car to some guy mm-hmm. and the first time I ever shared my faith and I was terrified, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I, I want to, like, I felt like God prompted get me. Get him, and, Jesus, get him. Yeah. But it was just like, I was just, I didn't lead him to the Lord or anything, but I just shared my faith, like how I found God. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time. And it was just these little baby steps of me sharing here and there. Yeah. I never like go, I need to go share my faith on a stage because I was terrified of that. Yeah. But it started in these, just these little, these little spots and being obedient and then yeah. God started just uh, opening well, up being doors. faithful in the little. But people faithful, think like, yeah. oh, well, I want to I, I I do evangelism. So like I, we're, I need to get on the stage and go speak. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. start in the street with just the whoever. Well, the whole message today to these men, you know, because you could sit and yeah. talk to people about recovery or marriage and this. But you got to think, what are Jesus' first words? His first words to his disciples, once he's baptized, the Spirit's upon him. He goes out and is tempted by Satan, goes into the synagogue in Luke 4 and says, the Spirit's on me. Then he shows up to you and me as fishermen. He says, you know what, guys? Follow me and let's go fish for men. In the middle of his call, he says the same thing to them. I've no other gods before me. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same call. And after he's crucified, he gives them the same call. All authority is given to me. Go into all the world, make disciples. So for every person living your call is following him and fishing for men. That's evangelism. And I ask people all the time, speaking to all the men today, you know, how many of you guys are in full-time ministry? One guy raises his hand. How many of you guys are Christians? That's how many people are in full-time ministry. Yep, I don't feel called to go to Africa. I might tomorrow. I'm in Huntington. I travel where he calls me to go. And you know the word go in the Greek. It means go. Go, Ryan, to the school, but go in your neighborhood. Go in your life. Just be just start where you are, just like you said, and God will give the increase if that's his plan. 100%. <clears throat> so you got – okay, so that answered that question. So you got the call. And um, so what are you currently doing right now with this? Well, that's been the crazy thing because skating is about promoting yourself. And so it's like, you know, you look a certain way, you sell up any boards, you do this, you have aims and goals. I read the Bible and go, you know, you, you can't – Because – just to explain, you guys – because. 
all the products have your name on it. Everything. That's how you get paid. So I'm trying to sell more boards, sell more shoes. So now I get saved. I'm like, I don't want to be about me. I'm not saying that to be humble. I'm just like, I shouldn't be so focused on me. So then I start living off my savings. I'm not obviously riding for as big a sponsor as I'm riding for. I'm focused on the gospel, doing Bible school. And then I began to preach more and more, teach more and more, volunteer pastor at our church. And today I'm pretty much doing my own ministry called Missions, Marriages, and Ministry. And the whole focus is just whatever God's doing. We go to Costa Rica in a month, you know, for 10 days. I spoke today at a place. We do marriage outreaches. I speak at all these schools. Some people say focus on just one thing, but evangelism, that's kind of who I am. Marriages is what we went through and how God uses us so much. And the missions is just what always comes up. So I'm doing that. I raise full-time support. And it's so I can do anything the Lord calls as he asks. So. That's sick. So what, what's your... Uh... <clears throat> Well, how do they? How do people contact you? Do you have? Your, is it your website, Brian Sumner? Well, that's the hard thing because I haven't pushed it like crazy. So people that have seen the I am second, mm-hmm. seen the Billy Graham's, kind of get a hold of my story. Right. They begin to follow what I'm doing. Yeah. And now I'm just getting the website, which I, I was so opposed to doing. And our church is very humble. Like Brian, you have to put yourself out there because pastors will want you to come in, share your story, share the gospel, yeah. share what you're doing. So BrianSumner.net has everything. And, Perfect. Uh, and I'm not going. People got to be able to find you, and, and it's the, it's the it's the website. Well, you if know? you were out there in Oklahoma, you go. I can have Brian come in, do a youth thing Thursday, a marriage thing Friday, a men's thing Saturday, a church thing you know Sunday, yeah. and an outreach. And it's not like I'm trying to do it for me. Yeah. But what do you want me doing? Working in an office when God has made me to do this? That's what I need to be doing. So living the, living your purpose and your destiny, dude, 100. percent And that's just the call. People are called to different things, and not no one's better than that. But I'm like, this is obviously I, I don't look at you and go, well, why is Ryan doing that? I see you in front of all these students and go, yes, you should be doing that. You think about Paul; he boasted so much in himself in Christ to encourage people. He always told us what was happening, what the church was doing. It wasn't to boast in that. It was to boast in Christ. It's exciting. It is. And it encourages me here and just some of the things anyone's doing. I'm like, you know, those 60-year-old men today talking about the ministry they were doing. I was like, this is awesome. I can't wait to preach to these guys. And it's No, 100. I Dude, I love hearing about what all these different mm-hmm. people are doing in different parts of the world. And, I mean, that, that like, motivates you because sometimes you could, you could be in ministry and you could just be in a rut, you yeah. know. And oh, just, fully. Oh, man. God's not moving because baby's not moving around you right there at the moment. <laughs> well, you have these false expectations and, yeah. and we'll do outreaches in a skate park with a hundred people yeah. and 80 will walk up. Yeah. You'll do them with thousands and three will walk up. And I'm saying, you don't know what God's doing. Nope. And that's partially to humble us and go, we throw the, you know, we throw the word out there and God moves. 100%. <laughs> so, okay. So what, I mean, I'm trying to think what else you got yeah. the book you're touring yep. what, what, like what's the last tell us some cool stories of some some things that have been happening on some of the last trips or where'd you go last you know one of the cool things that we've been doing and i say this to the missions point is um there's a pastor jamie and he's he's out of i think the virginia calvary chapel and he was sent out to costa rica and so about four years ago you know he's an italian guy tattooed up used to skate chilean wife two kids they go out to costa rica and plant this little church and randomly he's thinking, I want to get the skateboarder. I think I might have met that guy. You probably, you know what? I want to say you have. I, he sounds very familiar with the, the Chilena wife and, and uh, yeah, Jamie going and Paula. to Costa Rica. Yeah. I, I met him That's somewhere. the kind of place you have to go through. So they're over there and he's sitting there thinking, I want to get a skater to come over. You know, Maybe I'll hit up this Brian guy and his wife's like, well, just email him. 
I think people think when you're a pro skater, you're like, you can't be found or like, you know, like <laughs> or you're you have showing a huge what, manager or something. Oh, whatever. And I'm the dude who's everything myself. You know, I yeah. just rather be low maintenance. Yeah. And so he emails me. I'm like, yeah, I'll come. And he was so tripping out. <laughs> I showed up. We did 10 days of school outreach. And look. Dude, that's sick. It's crazy because all these people are Catholic. So they have this kind of faith. Right. But a lot of them aren't believing in a sense of receiving Jesus and trusting in that way. Right. So we went to all these schools, set up brands, share this story. And the past four years, we've gone twice a year. We took 10 kids from a youth group. Then we went back and did like a big kind of marriage thing. Then our youth went by itself, you know, branches, church youth. And now I'm going back in about, what, three weeks in May just to go for 10 days and bring a handful of people. And now it's a heavy focus on bringing a load of churches in, doing a big marriage outreach. And then we do – how crazy is this? I started doing jujitsu like two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you know – yeah. I mean, you skate so much, you burn all this fat. That's kind of your focus. I wasn't as focused on it. And the professor at our church is like, the jiu-jitsu guy, you should come roll. So as I start doing jiu-jitsu, I go to Costa Rica and we're witnessing. The guy in the jiu-jitsu gym's like, would you come and witness? And I'm like, yeah. Do that. And then the next time we go, he's like, can you do an outreach in the gym? Because they say one in six Americans that go there. Go there to hook up with young children, which is crazy. Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, which is – so you see one in six Americans walking around. You're like, potentially, they are here to do crazy things. I want to teach them, the guy says, how to defend themselves and protect themselves so the women get attacked and raped. Can we do a jiu-jitsu outreach and will you share the gospel? And we're like – so now when we go back, there's an old people's home, another jiu-jitsu outreach, all the schools, all the stuff. So I'm saying that in the practical sense of yeah. what God does and then just – you know, when you're this involved in ministry, you see God doing so much stuff all the time. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's sick, man. It's amazing. It's just um, – and now the other thing to see that's amazing to see, and, you know, my oldest son starting to figure out his call because he's 17. So, oh, he's 17 like, now, yeah. So how's that going? What's what's he thinking? He's awesome. I mean, he's 17. You know, he skates, surfs, does jiu-jitsu, typical HB kid. And, yeah. Uh, he's been all over the world with me. So I, I don't think he realizes – already like yourself you know the kind of experiences you've had yeah because of the family you're probably born into mm-hmm. and i think he's called to probably pastor and preach and teach him. and he just has a heart for people so you know he's a teenager so i've got to be dad sometimes i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i'll write a book for you when your kids are like <laughs> you got three three daughters three girls, three you're, girls. Gonna be, you're gonna be gray in 10 years so. you know hey when i turned 40 I, I saw one gray hair pop out on my 40th birthday, right at, right under my lip, right in the middle. On the 40th. On my 40th birthday, I was like, oh, my gosh, the gray hair hit my beard. And, and I think I have like six of them. Oh, Probably God. more now. That was a while ago, the last time yeah, I looked. I don't learned. think my dad was gray or bald until he was like 70, but we'll see. So. Dude, daughters, oh, it's I know. done skis. I got, yeah, I got, a, I got yeah. a question about that high school. Yeah. Uh, so when you guys were going to the schools, yeah. could, were you guys doing like assemblies speaking or were there like after school like outreach? With in the, the middle. In the middle. So they, they, it was like. Ordered um, by the school. Well, we should probably talk and do something heavy there That's because crazy. honestly, it's a five-hour flight and the schools have no one. So they don't have anyone that ever goes there. So if you're like, hey, guys, I want to come next week and do this big event, they're like, wow, why are they coming? You set up all these ramps. You skate. You share. How are the ramps? Are they, do they have amazing. ramps set up? Yeah. Well, yeah. we just make you know, you you just make, make them. them. It's, it's basic banks. It's not crazy. Yeah. But okay. we would take 10 or 15 people. The older ladies are making like balloon animals, face paints. Yeah. People are playing football with them. So the whole school's involved. That's amazing. The president, you know, the principal, the teachers. So I'm just saying that to boast in, you know, the fact that it's even a Calvary thing that was sent out from Virginia that's now over there and they've been there four or five years and there's full on fruit. I mean, it's. Dude, that is so. so... It's, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, hey, Ryan, you have to go through there because. 
they're just they're very serious it's planted the right way it's affecting the community and I don't yeah. know though. I'm kind of like sketched on monkeys. They got a lot of monkeys. Yeah, yeah, they do. No, I'm just a lot, <laughs> hey, a lot of monkeys. Did you hear? Uh, do you know? Because we're gonna be yeah, in yeah. this uh, show soon. <laughs> yeah. Did you know about some like half pipe that's on top of like some building in Colombia, in Bogota, Colombia? There's some like Christian skate thing happening that's exploding in Bogota, Colombia. I'm sure I know. It's through Yuli. Yuli built I'm the sure, ramp. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just thought maybe you skated. There's a mini sure. ramp on top of the building. Well, I don't think people realize how big skate ministry is. Like, even before we're believers, you know, skating is kind of like a religion. You know, yep. you don't see this guy's white, this guy's black, this guy's Chinese, this guy's... You don't see that. Mm-hmm. And skating around the world, it's kind of like the God Squad, if you like, is now gone out. And all these mom and dads have just said, we want a safe haven for kids to skate, hear the word, give them food. And it's like... Phew. And I get texts all day from all these different skate ministries of what God's doing. I'm just like, wow. I feel like they're more involved in it than I am. You know, I'm focused on the marriage and preaching. Oh, it's true. It's true. I got to connect you with my boys down in Mexico city. Yeah. They got, they got a cool thing going on down there. Yeah. I've never been down there. My wife's Italian Mexican. So it's kind of, you know, you were just down there. What? Two months ago. Uh, I was down there a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It went went off down there and there's a big skate, big skate. They're building all new parks. Yep. Mexico city's like to pour money into it now to bring the tourism. It's legit. Mexico city's legit. I, I've never, we have family all through there too. Cause my dad's from Mexico. City. Yeah, that's right. So pretty crazy. Well, dude, thanks yeah. for being on the show. Of course. Um, let's, let's talk about this, plug this book one more time yeah. and let people know where to find it. Yep. Again, I mean, this is really our story tied in. Um, for those who didn't hear, we were married after four months. We were together for a couple of years. We had a son. We fought like crazy. We were divorced and we loved each other and hated each other. And then obviously through a journey to find the Lord, seeking him, he showed up and saved me, saved my ex-wife. And we're 18 years later. And this book is just, you know, I sat with a couple from our church who had gone through hell, had been in infidelity, all these struggles. And I was praying, Lord, do you want me to focus on marriage ministry specifically at that time? And as I sat with them, just the conversation, I'm like, He's leaving to go somewhere for 10 days. Yes, we pray. Yes, today they're doing great. But I wish I could hand them something that would allow them just to be bonded. And I'll tell you, for my wife and I, when we're in a book, we're in prayer, when we're doing something together every night, it bonds you like nothing else. And I was like, I wish I had something in my hand just to hand to him. And that's when I thought of my children. I'm going to write a marriage book to them that's theological, that's focused on the promises of God and that exposes who we are so people can feel the security and know we're fallen, but then point to the goodness of Christ and how God is leading us. So guys, pick it up, get it. If you've read it, write reviews on Amazon. I want people to read it, not for the sake of financial income. You know, I self-published it, but just so people can hear it and I can meet them on the road and hear the testimony. Yes. And I've known Brian for many years, and he's uh, been around the Calvary movement for a long time and speaks all over at different churches, but he's legit, and his <laughs> book is legit, and me and my wife are personally going to start it tomorrow. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you always need help with marriage, man. I mean, we all need help with marriage. We get it to people sometimes, and I'm like, hey, did you get into it? They go, oh, we will. Or they go, yeah, we read it all in a week. So you know so that they, they read it in a yeah, week. Yeah. They really needed it. You know, uh-huh. it's that kind of thing, so... Dude, that is sick. Yeah, Amazon Yep, never fails. Well, dude, thanks a lot for being on. Um, let's do some stuff together. Yeah. That would be epic. Whatever God's and got. And if, if you guys want to contact Brian Sumner, you know, he is reachable. You can go to his website, yep. briansumner.net. Yes. Briansumner.net. Contact him wherever you're at in the world. If you want him to come out and do skate outreach, 
skateboard demo, preaching, teaching, marriage. Anything. Whatever cooking tacos. Yeah, I like tacos. Fried fish, <laughs> chips and fish, fish and chips. <laughs> have you been? Uh, have you been to England uh, lately? I'm going to Creation Fest again this year. Oh yeah, I that's happening. Yeah. When's that happens? Is that October, in summer? October, oh, August, October. Yeah, August. yeah. So I've went the last few years, but missed last year. But that's sick. I love going back there. You still now. got the skate area, right? Yeah, there. No, it's awesome. They, they, it. This is through Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. Yes, through Brian uh, and everything. Yeah, 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 through Brian. Yep. Dope, man. Is that well, it? that is it. It's a riggedy wrap. <laughs> And anytime you're like a guest bail, you free. We can just go in and talk about anything. Oh yeah. So every time, I mean, I'm I can jump in and do whatever. Yeah. yeah. This has been live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on Ryan-Reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for live with Ryan Reese. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.